Welcome to the Rogue Tailboard Podcast, where firemen are fired up and minimal is unacceptable. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Rogue Tailboard Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 6th, and just got off a shift this morning. Wasn't too bad. Last tour, ran a few calls, nothing too too vigorous or nothing too taxing, really. So that was kind of a, a good little relief there. Get to enjoy just a little bit of recuperation, recovery time. Still got a good solid workout in with the boys, though. So that's always a good thing. I love doing that. And last episode, we had John Vote guest speaker on, and I thought that was a very incredible, informative conversation. I hope y'all were able to get some some good knowledge and some good wisdom and better understanding out of that conversation I had with him. And something that's been kind of on my mind, just pondering, like I always do. But uh, it's a topic I want to discuss today with all of us is what comes to mind when you think of what makes up a firefighter. I mean, yeah, we're it's a very sought-out position. A lot of kids want to grow up and be one. Some adults enter it to a later time in life, like I did at the age of 31. You know, I sit there and I ask myself, you know, what, what makes a fireman a good fireman? You know, what what is it about them that makes them so appealing to the public, so appealing as a position to dive into? You know, whether it be the thought of the adrenaline that comes with it. I mean, there's no denying that comes, but or is it? You know, the sex appeal, the glamorization from everything that's portrayed, you know, on TV, movies, and stuff like that. You know, what what is it about firemen? You know, what makes them a good what makes them a good one? There's one word that comes to mind for me, and as I'm on my journey being a fireman, the word noble comes up quite a bit and anytime I introduce you know a word like that or even on my social media pages I like to give the definitions so you you truly you have a good general concept you know let's let's take the true factual definition of what that word means and break it down and noble is having or showing fine personal qualities or high moral principles and ideals I can't think of better ways to truly explain what I think a fireman is. You know, fine personal qualities. And you're a stand-up person. You're very moral and ethically sound. That means you're pretty well-rounded. You have high moral principles and ideals. So that means where average society, their level of acceptance of what's okay and whatnot may be here somewhere in the middle... But someone who is truly noble, they take it a little more seriously as far as their high moral principles and ideals. Without goose chasing too much on that, my high moral principles and ideals come from my relationship with Jesus. And I strengthen that relationship by getting into his word, going to church, and practicing what being a Christian is, which is Christ-like. It's not a, re- it's not a religion. It is simply just a relationship with Christ. That's between you and him. And yes, I love going to church to 
learn and study the word and to worship with other believers that are on the same page as far as the general concept that he died for us so that we may be forgiven. So I put that into play when I'm dissecting it through my thoughts, which is kind of interesting to an extent too, because when you get into the fire service and you truly meet other firefighters, the service is full of different personalities and a lot of them are type A personalities. So, we got to understand what a type A personality really is. And don't worry, I did the homework for you. I'm about to tell you the definition of it. A type A personality, or a type A person, is one who operates at a more urgent pace, demonstrating higher levels of impatience, having a more competitive nature than the next, getting upset easily, and associating self-worth with achievement. Now, I'm sure there's several names that probably popped into y'all's heads right now as I was reading that description of a type A personality. Now, even though most of those traits aren't bad, there's still some that are heavily emphasized, emphasized between a lot of people in our line of work. You know, the higher levels of impatience. You know, the associating self-worth with achievement. Like, Well, that was all due to my doing all that credit all that accomplishment that was because of me and my influence and that that's where that ego comes into play so yes type a personalities can become very egotistical so i have a lot of type a traits you know i do operate at a more urgent pace i believe every emergency yes cool calm and collected but we are there to properly and efficiently achieve that objective whether it be the safety of that citizen or the protection of that property I don't think that we should sissyfoot around and getting that accomplishment done. And the more you have knowledge and the more you sharpen your skills, the more that you're able to stay more focused and more controlled as you operate at a more urgent pace. You know, and yes, there is definitely a high competitive nature that I'm, I'm that way through, but it's not necessarily competitive with other people with me per se. It's more competitive with myself. I want to be better than I was yesterday. You know, God bless me with another day to day. I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to be better at stretching those lines. Even on a personal life, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better dad. I'm always at competition with myself. Yes, it's fun to get into you know competitive games and sports and what have you. I'm not necessarily touching on that topic. I'm talking about being competitive with yourself. Because I don't want to be better than my driver and use that as something to hold against him by any means. If anything... I want him to join me, and he does. I, I love my driver to death. He's a jam-up man. Very honored to be his tail warden. But I want to bring him along with me in that journey, or whoever else, our crew, our, our station, our shift. It doesn't matter. I want everyone to succeed and have that drive to want to succeed. So as I'm sitting there reading these definitions earlier today before getting on here, that's what I was thinking a lot of. But are we staying noble in the presence of these type A and us being a type A, are we, are we staying noble and true, true to who we are? You know, I was talking to a brother, I did an overtime shift yesterday and I was at a different, different station in our County and, um, got to work with a guy that I haven't truly spent a full 24 hour shift with. You know, we served a couple shifts together during the stage of our department where we were eight to nine and some select stations or eight to five. I mean, we had great conversation and that to me is 
you know, he was a very noble stand-up man, still is a very noble stand-up man. But to be able to have that bumper talk last night, be able to, you know, smoke a cigar and just talk life with a new guy, we dove in a little deeper than just your normal small chat conversations. And that's really what kind of drove this message today about nobility and juggling that while being a type A, but also while being around type A personnel. And I personally believe that you can have a type A personality and still be noble. You know, let's if you're one of those that's impatient, let's work on that. Let's work on your ego. Let's work at breathing, keeping composure, and not necessarily having the, well, I did this all the time to anybody that's around, finding that opportunity to brag on yourself. You know, that is a high type A trait. Or try and give kudos or attaboys to a few of the brothers or sisters that you worked with on a scene, but then maybe tell a higher up or tell another shift that, yeah, that crew did great, but it was because of what I did, what I instilled in that crew to make that happen. Yeah, that takes, in my opinion, that takes credit away from those crew members who were able to demonstrate the skills that they have learned because you kind of wipe that away saying, well, what was my influence? It was my calls. It was everything I did that that crew was able to execute. That's why that was such a successful outcome. You know, and that stuff gets seen through and that stuff gets noted. And then it almost becomes over time unpleasurable, unpleasurable to be around because you just, you're in the back of your head, you know, it's coming. When, when is that going to happen again? And so I encourage that if my words right now are stepping on your toes to humbly listen to that, not get offended or pissed off, but listen to that. There's, there's more people than just myself, I'm sure, that feel that same exact kind of way when that pres opportunity kind of presents itself to be involved in. So for the better half of the Brotherhood and the Fire Service, let, let's just work on that. Let's see what else do I have down here with along those same lines. They're just going back to let's just not, let's not credit, let's not take credit for things we didn't do but say that it was your personal influence because you probably had a part to play in the scene or your command, you know, kind of leads me on to the whole ego like we were talking about earlier, but for so many people who complain about egos, they're sure are quick to tell, like I said, their accomplishments to those around. And it's kind of weird to hear sometimes because you hear through just small talk, table talk, bumper talk, wherever you're conversing with your fellow brethren and sistering in the fire service that everyone's just so proud of their accomplishment. And that's a, that's not a bad thing, but you don't have to tell every, every dog that walks their way or every, every person in your vicinity of your wonderful and proud of achievements and accomplishments. Because that, again, that's going to get noted on you. Like, golly, you know, this, that's all this guy does. Or that's all this woman does is just brag on herself to everyone around. And you know, okay, we get it. You're, you're very proud of your accomplishments, but there's more to life, there's more to the service than everything that you personally feel like you have done that you should feel accredited for. Or to think that you're you're the whole big man on campus because you're so successful and everyone else is below you. You know, that to me that's not a noble trait. I don't I see a lot of that in different firemen. I hear a lot of that through stories shared from other brethren out there and other firefighters in the service that you know, it's it is in our service. I wish it wasn't. I wish there was a lot more humility and a lot more, hey, we are a team. I don't care if brass was put on my collar or not. We're here together. 
and truly build upon that. Because when you get a group, let's just say a crew, that's pure noble like we're talking about right now, that yes, they do have some of those more positive traits to the type A characteristics, but they're noble, they're genuine, they're humble, they're not looking for, look at me, look at what I did, you know, had, like I said, not too long ago, we had Todd Edwards speak, and it's kind of something he said is, they're not the ones that are walking around with their me book of all their self-accomplishments and their self-achievements, you know, that, put that aside, if you're having your down days and you're getting discouraged, you know, maybe at home, pull that out and build yourself back up saying, hey, yeah, look at what all you did, look at what all you've come through, you're going to get through this hard time. But just to boast arrogantly about it to anyone for and you find an opportunity to kind of sneak that in there, let's lighten up on that. We all know you're good at your job. We appreciate it. But enough's enough of that. And moving forward, another trait that kind of comes to my mind about what makes up a good fireman is constantly being a student of the craft. You know, constantly learning, training. Fully embracing the tradition and the passion of the service, all those different types of things. You know, here recently, I've kind of like telling myself that I'm I'm a sponge of the fire service. You know, three years in, I don't care if you're 20 years in, you're close to retirement. Soak it all up, soak it all in, and digest it, and just better yourself or help yourself better the person next to you in a way that is receptive to them. You know, I've been at stations to where Hey, let's let's watch this uh let's watch this weekly scrap from this guy that's really spot on because his mindset is very identical to what's going on in our department. We can gain something about that. And sometimes, yeah, let's let's all about it. Let's hear it. And then, you know, there's guys, ah, we're already out of firehouse. We you know, we don't need to drown ourselves with more fire type stuff. Let's just let's get through the day, let's get our calls. Well, Going back to the conversation I had with the brother yesterday during that overtime shift, I mean, you, I don't. We both felt like we couldn't get enough of it. It keeps our head sharp. It keeps our head in the game when we're on duty and we're on shift, but we're we're focused on fire service stuff. It just so that way when we do get that call, we have to go. We don't have to kind of switch a mindset to crap. We're a firefighter. We got to respond to this. Let's make it happen. We're already there. We're already there in our mindset because that's our surroundings. And so it goes back to one of those favorite quotes I've heard, and I wish I remember who said it so I can give them the true credit. But when you're at a firehouse, do fireman things. You know, simply put right there. You know, another thing, like I said, with the training, it doesn't always have to be physically hands-on. It could be tactical talks around the table. But being a true student of the craft, I think, really makes a firefighter or a fireman great because they're constantly wanting to better themselves. And it's not for personal recognition more than is there going to be more of an asset to the community than a liability because they stay sharp on it. They're very proficient in emergency settings. You know, seconds do count. I love what East Montgomery says there. You know, we count seconds. That's so true. It's not just a cool coin catchphrase. They're proud that that is their culture. That's they're proud of that's what they do. When seconds count, they they know how to shave off the unnecessary steps or what have you to achieve a critical goal throughout an emergency and I love it I don't think you can accomplish that without constantly being a student of the craft constantly learning social media has given us the great opportunity to learn different points of views that we would never be exposed to unless we went 
to that department or we went face to face and had that conversation with a mentor in the fire service that's well respected. So I believe that you should always be a true good student of the craft. I just don't believe that you can't prepare enough for such a deadly and dangerous profession. You know, like again, I'm just rehounding on the fact that I don't believe that you can overload yourself with different exposures of knowledge pertaining to the service. You know, you at home, that's cool. Clock your mindset off, enjoy your home life, you know, decompress, reboot, however you got to reboot. Be present for your family lifetime. Be active. Be the the parent, the spouse that your family needs you to be. But by God, when it's when it is your day or your tour to be at the firehouse to respond to calls, stay in that firemanship mentality. Make sure that you're truly ready. You know, if you, we can, if you want to watch games, I'm not going to really get into all that, but it's just, I believe it's good practice to just stay ready, keep your head in the game. And that, to me, that's what helps me keep my head in the game. You know, I kind of just stay saturated with just firemanship, fire service stuff while I'm there. Because you, one, you never know what you're going to learn. There's a lot of benefits to it. So to those that are like mine and doing the same, keep it up. To those that just watch Netflix movies or whatever else, just killing time, I encourage you to maybe try that for a tour. Just one tour, give it a shot. See what comes from it. And also be that firemen are reliable, they're trustworthy, they have an overall sense of compassion for humanity in the communities they serve. Yeah, I think that kind of speaks for itself. You're you're a fireman. How many times as a firefighter have you been out at the grocery store with the crew or whatnot and someone's thanked you for your service or you're coming back from a call and you see at a gas station a little kid maybe a little two-year-old just waving with a big smile at his face seeing the fire truck you know that the community trusts you you you've kind of inherited their trust due to the past personnel you know at your station at the overall outlook of the fire service from the citizens of America, you kind of inherited that trust, but it's up to us to continue to maintain that trust. You know, and they know that we're reliable. They know when they call 911 because their house is on fire or they're in a bad car wreck or Ethel got lost and she's got dementia. She has no idea where she is. We have no way of finding her. They're relying on us to resolve that problem. So we have to be reliable. And I think, like I said, just having that overall sense of compassion for humanity, especially in your community. If you really didn't care about those people, you really wouldn't be serving. You know, you may have that burnout. I'm not really talking about our frequent flyers that use and abuse. You know, those are mutts. We're, we're all aware of who they are. But maybe you're just not wanting to really go to that lift assist. But by God, to them, it's it's the biggest deal. They they're they're handicapped. They're not able to truly help themselves. They fell. Obviously, that's unpleasant. They don't have the strength to get them back up. And maybe to you, it's so simple and minute, but to them, it's everything. You're truly helping them out by getting them back into their state of comfort because of a slip they had. So, do we go to those calls just disgruntled already? Like, oh, here we go again. Or are we going, hey, you know what? We need to get old boy up off the ground. You know, he, he's in a bind. It may be minute, but he's calling us. He's relying on us, and he trusts us. 
that we have enough compassion to take care of him. So we need to, I believe we need to act accordingly on that. So I'm just kind of hoping to help drive that home. You know, and the last thing that I'd really like to touch on with all this is, you know, we're, they're not afraid to do the job. We're not afraid to do what's required of us. I think a true, solid, noble, down-to-earth fireman is not afraid to force that door, not think twice about it, and go handle business and suppress that fire or search for that victim any way they possibly can. I'm not saying that we don't respect the environment, but once you respect it, kind of disrupt it, you know, disrespect that environment, which kind of sounds funny, but when you see fire all over the walls, disrespect that. Start suppressing that fire. Start knocking it down. Start regaining control of that environment for your sake, obviously, to come home, but two, that's why you got called there. But they're willing to go in there, no questions asked. They're willing to bury up. They're willing to sit there and go through muscle cramps and sorenesses, forcing, you know, doors with extrication tools on trapped vehicles that are mangled. Like Hulk got pissed off, crumpled it up and threw it a mile down the road. We we ran on bad wrecks like that, but we're not afraid to get in there. We might see some gore. We might see some trauma. And as much as that's inhumane to look at, they need us. They're relying on us and they're trusting on us to get that done. We're not afraid to do that. That's why we are where we are. That's why we decided to come into the fire service. So I believe that, I don't know what you want to call that, courage, it's whatever, but to, to me personally, it's our job. We knew that we were going to face those calls when we took that oath. We're ready for that, or we say we're ready for it, but are we doing everything we can to truly be ready for that? The more you get those exposures to those type of calls, the more you're going to gain your confidence to perform when the next call is maybe a little more challenging, a little more challenging. And of course, we can rabbit trace into making sure that you're a rabbit trail and make sure that we all have that person to talk to because so many of those calls obviously will build up on us. You know, we've talked about that on previous episodes. But I just want, I want to share what, what I think to me. Everyone's got their opinion, so I'm just throwing mine out there. You can agree or disagree, that's fine. Gotta love the freedom of America. But to me, I believe that this is what truly makes up a good stand-up fireman is everything we just talked about. I also believe a lot of internal in-house problems could be resolved with the noble mindset mixed with reason. It's a give and take. It's not a dictative, wishy-washy, micromanaged environment. You know, you you got to know who you are. You got to be noble. You got to stand up for what you believe in, obviously. But if everyone still has that overall same mindset with their own individualism, individualism, plugged into it I don't see where a whole lot of internal problems can really occur to where it can't be quickly handled over a maybe a minute debate or a little disagreement I just encourage that you just listen to the overall message that was laid on my heart today about humility and being noble and being reliable and if you were, if you're a person right now that's been listening to this and maybe someone's tried to tell you that kind of, you know, on the sly, subliminally here and there, I really encourage you to listen and I really encourage you to 
start making you know small changes and not just so that you can cater to that person but maybe they love and care for you enough to point out something that is understood and seen by a vast group of majority that's in your immediate circle and they're trying to tell you with love for you that hey man these are some problems that we're all kind of seeing maybe just try working on it you know it's not that we hate you or anything like that but maybe just try and tweak it a little bit and get that discipline and we can become even better together as a crew. So if you feel like your toes are stepped on in that aspect, I, I just, I really, I will pray for you and I pray that you find the courage to help better yourself, to help better your surroundings. That's all I got guys. I hope the rest of the week is very well for y'all. Got a couple guests lined out that I'm working on schedule dates. I'm ready to have them on, ready to hear their stories. And just continue to stay tuned. Y'all be safe and stay humble. Love you guys.